Hello, friends. Welcome back to the podcast. Today's episode is brought to you by From Within Records. Have you had a chance to pick up a shackled tape live from the Landmine Studios from their live stream earlier this year? Please, if you haven't yet, head over to the From Within Records Big Cartel and pick one up before it's too late. This summer, One Scene Unity Volume 2. I seriously can't wait. Volume 1 was amazing, and I... I guarantee you that volume two is going to be just as amazing. So please look out for that coming out later this summer. If you're not following from within records on social media, go boot up your Twitter and Instagram and do yourself a favor and hit that follow button. Stay up to date on all the from within records news. And like I always say, please support from within records because they support us on today's episode. We managed to track down Jeff Yuma and Luke Cave coming out of Georgia to talk about UFC 261, Usman versus Masvidal 2. It was really fun to be able to sit down with my friends and just talk all things MMA. And I know a lot of you are wondering, did you guys cover the Jake Paul versus Ben Askren boxing event? And yes, we did. And it, it was pretty interesting uh, to talk about with people in depth. Uh, since it was like such a big thing and I just, uh, it's, it's, well, we had to do it. I, I, I couldn't get around it. So it's, it's the first thing we cover if you're wondering. So just tune in. It, it's interesting, but I really enjoy sitting down with Jeff and Luke. We talked about a lot of current things going on in MMA and it was just awesome. Like I could do these podcasts every day forever. I, I love MMA so much. I'm so obsessed and it's always seriously so much fun for me to be able to talk to some of my best friends about this crazy sport MMA that is uh, still uh, pretty young in the big picture, but it's it's been around since the early 90s, but it's just crazy to be able to live these moments out in real time and just talk about it with people who love it just as much as I do. So if you're not busy Saturday night, uh, download the ESPN Plus app and get ready to watch UFC 261, Usman vs. Masvidal 2. It's just going to be so awesome. So listen to this podcast, get ready for the pay-per-view. It's going to be so sick. So strap in and enjoy the ride. And without further ado, welcome Jeff Yuma and Luke Cave to the show. back with another mma show welcome back jeff and also welcome newcomer but not so newcomer because he's been on the normal podcast luke how's it going doing good how are you glad to glad to be back here this is kind of kind of a big deal because since we started taking this like super serious uh you're actually the first guest that has uh, been on for the mma portion so we're we're stoked to have you that's wild because you told me like I don't know. There was one time we talked. I don't know if I should say this. <laughs> there was one time we talked and, and you were talking about like some guests you had coming up. I guess just nothing ever panned out. Oh, yeah. yeah. There's uh, some 
uh, yeah, we'll just leave that um, off record. Yeah, uh, some people yeah. were scheduled, um, but things didn't really work out, uh, which is totally fine because, uh, uh, you know, we're just rolling with it and we're just stoked that you're here. Uh, this is, a, you know, a really fun card to talk about. And I'm stoked to, to have you on because I, um, you know, actually like talking to you from the first time having you on the podcast and, you know, talking to you um, off air. It's, it's been good to get to know you. So I'm, I'm actually happy to have you here to talk about MMA. Absolutely. Since like half of our podcast, the one that we did for my band, like turned into MMA anyways. Yeah. And so right before we started uh, recording, Luke, you mentioned Ben Askren. So I figured we could just get this out of the way because I know it was a, a, a hot topic. There was the the Triller event, uh, Jake Paul versus Ben Askren, which in my opinion was like such a freak show. It was a shit show. And I hated the entire pay-per-view. I was watching this and I'm like, how is this even going on? Who? And I'm curious to anybody out there who's actually paid for it. Please uh, inbox me. Let me know because I'm really curious to know who actually paid for that crap. It was it was like, you know, like very like mild, like mildly like OK boxing. Like it was uh, interesting to see Frank Mir go out there and get it, whatever. But like these weird musical acts in between. Uh, I can't believe people still like Snoop Dogg. If I'm gonna be honest, Snoop Dogg sucks ass. And if anybody disagrees, you're lying to yourself. But it was just such a weird thing. And it was, it was it was all like leading up to the main event, Jake Paul versus Ben Askren. And it was like, I'm so glad that there was in the UFC going on at the same time. So I wasn't as bored watching this boxing pay-per-view. So I, I had both, you know, both streams going. I was more focused on UFC and I'm just, I, I can't believe it, it was terrible. Did you guys sit through, um, like mo the majority of the pay-per-view or do you guys just wait till Ben Askren and Jake Paul fought or like, how'd you guys go about it? So I didn't interact with it whatsoever. I made the decision that I would, I would stream it if the Whitaker fight was over, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. But I didn't want to miss anything with Whitaker versus Gaslam. And I figured regardless of what happens, it's just going to go viral anyway. And you're going to kind of get a synopsis of it, but yeah, I just watched UFC instead. I uh, I didn't fully watch either. Actually, I was because I've I've been playing Assassin's Creed Valhalla pretty heavily. Okay. Um, but I I was playing that and I was just like watching like one minute I would check the UFC card, the next I would check the Jake Paul stuff. I didn't care about any of the Jake Paul stuff. Uh, and then like like the before the Jake Paul versus Ben Askren. But then like there was the like freaking Justin Bieber shit that felt like it was like 30 minutes long before their fight i ended up sitting through all of that just like all right it's about to happen any minute so so you got suckered into watching a justin bieber concert yeah okay and uh your guys's thoughts on the fight obviously for uh, i i feel like the like places that i was seeing people posting about it being rigged fixed fight fake knockout were just from a lot of like uneducated people People who, yeah. who obviously didn't um, or probably don't know anything about fighting uh, or didn't watch the knockout from multiple angles where you can clearly see that he took a real punch. It wasn't a dive. It wasn't staged. That was a real legit knockdown. Uh, it, it was just it was just so irritating. And I feel like it's the only time where I get so irritated is when like uh, these things that we love uh, kind of get broadcasted to like mainstream uh, media becomes like you know, this weird like pop culture event and people just start you just hearing like the worst takes and it's just it just frustrates me because i like uh you know 
follow it like you know more closely than a lot of these people so it's just frustrating to hear these like ridiculous takes from people on the internet yeah it's it's actually like like one of my like least favorite things in the world is hearing Stephen a smith talk about mma uh and and like that's the worst thing ever and that's basically what the internet was for like two days after the jake paul shit was Stephen a smith talking about jake paul i don't know yeah man i uh there was definitely a lot of irritating stuff going around. Um, I I did watch the sequence that kind of led up to it, and Askren straight up got face planted, man. I don't know how someone could, unless they're just like an incredible actor willing to get punched like that. I I didn't look fake at all to me. I mean, maybe if I'm gonna like put legit thought into this, I guess maybe the ref could have let it go a little longer. But I think Askren would have just taken more punishment anyway. So if anything. He saved some brain cells and made a shitload of money. Yeah. Yeah. I do think I do think the stop did seem a little awkward. Like the ref wasn't even looking at him. Usually in boxing, like the ref is like staring dead into the face of the boxer, having the boxer walk toward him. He didn't like do any of that. He was like standing off to his side. Like it, that made no sense to me. But outside of that, like it was obviously a clean hit. Um Ben Askren's a guy who, you know, people always talk about like, oh, he went through a war with like Robbie Lawler and took a bunch of shots and this and this and that. But I guess people don't realize that when you get hit a lot, your chin gets worse. It doesn't get better. So I, I don't know. Yeah. And yeah, I, I think people also forget that Robbie Lawler knocked him out and then woke him back up. Like he, he kind of screwed himself in that fight. Yeah. And I think a, a big thing too is Jake Paul landed a clean shot when they were standing and like obviously wobbled him and like made him fall with Robbie Lawler. He had been picked up, slammed, knocked out, then woken up and then kind of came to after it's kind of two different types of circumstances in my opinion. Yeah. Yeah. And one of the the more interesting things, obviously uh, Jake Paul won, um, but uh, I was listening to uh, Ben Askren did an interview with Errol Hawani. It was like probably like a, it was like forty five minute interview, and uh, he, he was talking about if that knockout was worse than, or if it hurt worse than the Masvidal one. And he mentioned, you know, when he got knocked out by Masvidal, he didn't remember anything because it was just so fast. Boom, knocked out and woke up. Oh, like what happened? But he said when he got knocked down by Jake Paul, he was uh, you know uh, conscious and like felt everything and knew exactly what was going on. And when he got knocked down, got up. And the ref asked him, like, you know, like, are, are you okay? You're good to go. And, you know, Ben Ashman says that he's like, yeah, like, I'm, I'm good to go. I'm fine. But the ref just kind of looked at him and saw that he was kind of like, you know, on shaky legs. And was like, nope, we're going to stop the fight. And he was like, all right, if we're going to stop the fight, fine. Like, it doesn't make any sense for me to get mad and try to argue with you because it's not like you're going to change your mind. You already made your decision. So that's why he was just like, you know, whatever about the, the decision for the ref to stop it. Which totally makes sense because I think he probably would look like probably like a fool if he tried to get all like you know angry at the yeah. ref. And he mentioned that he probably would have gotten fined, so it was just like wasn't worth it at that point, you know? Yeah, yeah, hundred percent. So, and then uh, I, I don't know if y'all have seen like just talking about like Jake Paul going forward, mm-hmm. maybe. Yeah. Have you have y'all seen that he's talking about potentially fighting Tyson Fury's brother Tommy Fury? Dude, like I, I think I want that one to happen. Yeah, if, if if we're talking, okay, let's let's try to look at Jake Paul in the lens of like, okay, let's try to see him as like a serious boxer now. 
uh, for the the purists, I think this is what would be most pleasing. Like, okay, cool, let's give him a real test now. Let's put him up against um, a legit boxer, somebody who's uh, probably like around the same skill level. Because what uh, Tommy Fury is, what is he five and zero or four and zero? Yeah, he's five and zero, and he's twenty one years old. I think yeah, like twenty one or twenty two. Younger than Jake Paul, similar records. And like that would be like that would make most sense, right? Cool. Put up Jacob up against a real boxer. Let them fight. If he clears that test, cool. Like he's gonna be moving up like the ranks of being a, an actual boxer. But then there's all this you know talk about okay, how about we keep him in the same model, Jake Paul versus an MMA fighter? And there's like there's like you know real push for uh, you know Tyron Woodley. There's a lot of heat behind that because I'm sure you guys saw that video of Tyron in the back with the locker room when he was checking the gloves and they were talking trash to him. So they're you know trying to push for that, which is pretty interesting because Tyron Woodley did an interview with Ariel Hawani and he wouldn't, uh, he wouldn't confirm or deny if he was uh, still a part of the UFC or not, but he said that um, he would want to go and settle his like contracts up with the UFC and try to get, you know, in their good graces and get the okay to go do that fight because he would love to do that. But I follow like this YouTube drama channel, which reports like pretty legit news. Like there's rare instances where he reports fake stuff, but he's reporting that they're in serious talks with Conor McGregor's camp and that there's like real movement going there just because they're comparing pay-per-view buys. Like apparently right now, like the last time the, the updated numbers came out, this Jake Paul, uh, Ben Ashman pay-per-view um, was at 1.6 million pay-per-views sold, which is like, puts it like i think at least um, somewhere in the top 10 of pay-per-views of all time oh so that's like where the interest now is coming in from conor mcgregor's camp like okay if, if he can bring in that kind of interest and if i go in there and if i beat him which i'm not I'm, I'm not a fan of that fight because he's bigger than conor mcgregor which is weird to think about because conor mcgregor's this like an actual like you know legit fighter pretty tough but when you look at jake paul jake paul is like like six two six three conor mcgregor is like five nine five ten and yeah. way smaller too, because he fights, uh, you know, his biggest one seventy. Jake Paul weighed in at what like one ninety something against Ben Askren. Yeah. And so. I think he cut down to one ninety two. Yeah, yeah, he did. So as much as I would like to see Conor McGregor box Jake Paul, it just it, it just doesn't make sense because they're just not the same size. It's the same thing as Logan Paul versus Floyd Mayweather. I, I mean, granted, it's oh. Floyd Mayweather, but like Logan Paul's like how much bigger than Floyd Mayweather? Yeah, it's but, insane. But he he doesn't know how to box. That that's and and that's where I'm like, okay, Logan Paul doesn't know how to box. He's fighting Floyd Mayweather. They're gonna like even though Logan Paul is well off, he doesn't need any money. I'm more likely they're gonna pay him to be like, okay, cool, take a dive. Like they pay all those Japanese dudes when he goes to J when Floyd goes to Japan, um, does those exhibition matches. Those guys all yeah. take dives. Those aren't real fights. Those are the fake fights. You want to accuse these boxing matches of being fake? Go watch Floyd's last exhibition. I forget who he fought out there in Japan, but fake fight. So that's what I think this whole Logan Paul, Floyd Mayweather stuff. I'm 0% interested. Like I'm like a little bit interested in Jake Paul, but Floyd Mayweather, Logan Paul, 0% interested because it's, even though it's an exhibition, I don't, I don't care. It's going to be, it's not going to be real. I would consider streaming it, but there's no way I'm paying for it. Oh. No, what was he charging for the the Pacquiao pay, uh, pay It was like a hundred bucks for it, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was way over price. I didn't pay. That. I didn't. I didn't pay for that. <laughs> I didn't pay for that. But you're you're shocking me that 1.5 million people paid for Triller. Every single person I know clear across the board just like streamed it. 
Yeah. Yeah. That's why, that's why I'm here. It's so weird. But, it, but it, it's all these uh, young kids who have uh, followed, or probably not even young kids anymore, probably like, you know, adults who have followed Jake Paul from when they were young kids to, you know, to now. Mm. And the, the interest, and obviously, probably people who want to tune in to go see um, the 30 minute Justin Bieber concert that Luke got sucked into, or go see Doja Cat, or whatever, um, that new uh, West Side Connection group, whatever uh, rap group they formed for that show. I don't know. Who knows? And dude, you know the whole lineup. I, I, unfortunately, I was. I'm telling you, I had it on both You're screens. There. So I, I was seeing it. all this crap. <laughs> I was seeing all this crap unfold, and I'm just like, dude, what the hell? And then they had that giant robot. How come? How, why did Jake Paul have the robot, but Ben Ashton didn't get a robot? That was so, that was weird. Yo, so I got a question for you. Was there any point of it that you enjoyed? Any moment whatsoever? Anything redeemable about it? Um, could you see why people who aren't necessarily like into fights could possibly like it? I, I like your point of view. Okay. For me, I, I think it's fascinating to see this kid uh, or this man. He's a man now. The, the, this man, Jake Paul, go from – you go back to his earliest days. He he was, a, a, you know, like a popular Viner and then, um, in the words of uh, Nate, uh, Vine died because they, they failed or whatever, right? And – uh, he trans transitions to YouTube, becomes like one of the biggest YouTube stars, uh, you know, infamous or um, famous, whatever you want to uh, call him. It, it's fine. But he, you know, explodes on YouTube, uh, you know, creates this company and is super successful there. And he kind of, you know, is at the pinnacle of YouTube, gets kind of, you know, bored. So he kind of, uh, him and his brother, they they create this, this uh, YouTube boxing event, right? Uh, it was uh, Jake Paul versus Deji, right? And then Logan Paul versus KSI. And those are uh, two pairs of brothers. Uh, KSI and Deji are brothers. Logan Paul, Jake Paul, brothers, right? KSI beats Logan Paul. Jake Paul beats Deji. So now there's like this this ongoing rivalry where KSI and Jake Paul are destined to meet. And that's another fight that they think could happen because apparently KSI is out and because um, he's from the, the UK. So apparently he's out there training with like uh, Tyson Fury and all these crazy people to to prepare. He's getting ahead and he's already training to, to for, for allegedly the biggest boxing YouTube boxing match ever because it's the younger brother, Logan Paul's, you know, Logan Paul's younger brother coming to avenge his big brother's loss against the big bad KSI who beat Logan Paul in their last outing. So it's this crazy thing. And uh, KSI, even though um, you know he, he went to a draw with Logan Paul the first time and then he got, I, and I say he got lucky because Logan Paul you know, got a point deducted, and if uh, that wouldn't have happened, KSI, um, Logan Paul would have went to a draw again, I'm pretty sure, if that's how the math worked out. He's not that good of a boxer. If he fights Jake Paul, Jake Paul will beat him, which is weird to say, but I, I just think it's fascinating to see this kid just grow through the years, and, you know, this weird internet kid to now semi-legit boxer. So I think that's where people can find it fascinating to, to be able to see the story, because you can go back, you can watch all of his old Vines, all of his YouTube stuff's there, the the music videos, the 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 drama, and leading all the way up to where he's at now, where it's like this like 180, where it's like you know less immature and it's like all like legit, trying to actually become a fighter. I think that's where I see where people could draw their interest because that's where I draw my interest. Because I'm not I'm not a fan of him anymore because I, I enjoyed his YouTube stuff, but like it got old really fast, so I stopped caring. But when the boxing stuff came around, like I'm still not like super into it. It's just like I can't really escape it because it's like it's in our world, you know. Like people that we talk about, Ben Askren, Tyron Woodley, uh, DC, like, they're all wrapped up in this, so it's kind of hard to escape. Right on. Uh, I like 
that Ben Askren got paid 500K and he's never paid, get, never gotten paid anything near that in his entire career. So it was kind of cool but, being able to see him get retired and make a shitload of money. But isn't that sad? Yeah. Isn't it's that, very sad. It's not sad to, I mean, to just think, oh, go ahead, so, Luke. So, so maybe this is a hot take. I don't know. Right. Like, so like we pay, we play at, we pay, words. Uh, we pay athletes like a lot of money, you know, like NFL, NBA, MLB, mm-hmm. NHL, all these sports, they get paid a just a fuck ton of money. Is is the is the UFC really underpaying athletes or, or are they I mean, I know they generate revenue, right? But mm-hmm. like in terms of like career importance to society and the world, I, I don't know. Maybe I, I could see the argument that like maybe the UFC is more right about paying athletes than like the nfl or the nba maybe maybe that's a hot take but like i don't know maybe i, I don't think it's a hot take but okay we're, we're when we're speaking about ben Askren, we're, we're, we're speaking about like you know somebody who's definitely hall of fame he's not just your run-of-the-mill fighter you're talking about this guy you know champion yeah. uh, multiple organizations dominant champion up until he got to the ufc where he had his, his uh, two losses damian maya george masvidal excuse me but to, to to hear that him being a belter champ him being the, the the one champ and then him even getting signed to the ufc and, and to hear that he didn't make anywhere near 500k like Wait, when that, is that in his whole career no like no 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 no, I, earnings no no not combined in one night okay and j- just one night okay okay but it, it it's 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 crazy to think because like people like People used to go to one championship because they were uh, paying fighters better. But to hear that Ben Ashton wasn't even getting that is, is their dominant champ. Because he wasn't just spoon-fed uh, the belt when he got there. He was put up against real fighters. Like, look at how, you know, uh, Eddie Alvarez, Demetrius Johnson, they're not just out there taking easy fights. There's tough guys out there in Asia. So for him to, to be dominant yep. out there as well and to not even come close to that, it's just crazy to me. Demetrius Johnson just now lost. Yeah. Yeah, that was crazy. I think it uh I think it speaks to how how do I word this? MMA is still in its relative infancy, I guess, when you compare it to other major sports. Like if we're talking like the NFL or the NBA or things of that nature, right? More mainstream sports. You have we'll say the UFC in particular. Mm-hmm. It's it's only been around since like the 90s, right? And yeah, like early MMA, 90s. it's still working its way into popular culture. So I, I would say that that definitely has a lot to do with it. Could they pay their fighters more? Possibly. I don't know. I don't, ha- I don't see their balance sheets, you know? You know they can. Look, look yeah, at their, t- I, their, their I, I TV wanna... deal. If you look at, like, yeah, the, yeah, the, the USC's TV deal versus, like, other, like, major, like, leagues, it's, it's way off balance. But what – and is it, is it crazy for me to say that MMA is more entertaining than any other sport. No, it's my favorite sport. Mm. I, I do love MMA, but I, I prefer basketball personally. But yeah, it, oh. it is really entertaining. Okay. All right. Okay. So, all right. We, we can put MMA top three, right? Top three most entertaining oh, sport sure. on the world or in the world, excuse for me. Sure. And, and it's weird that they're just not getting that kind of money when you know that they're generating that kind of money. Because, like, look at uh, the pay-per-view this weekend. First pay-per-view back with audience sold out in less than a minute. It's like, yeah. 
dude, they, they have the money. And obviously, yeah, they have to pay back or they have to pay the Fertitas that, you know, that $4 billion that they they got it for. But it's like there there's still money coming in, like a lot of money coming in. And it's just weird to, to, to think that they wouldn't want to. Uh, keep their talent happy because that's why like even like a lot of fighters i'm sure you guys may have seen that Corey anderson article come out talking about how he's made more money in his two belter fights than he did in his last 15 ufc fights that's insane like like, that is wild to say for the biggest promotion in the sport like not even close the biggest promotion in the sport yeah and that's why Henry Cejudo, arguably one of their best champions, retired because they don't want to pay him the money that he thinks that he deserves, which is insane for them or insane that they let him just retire without even trying to yeah. to keep him. And then if you look at the current uh, situation with John Jones wanting more money to fight in Ghana, they, they don't want to budge on that. So it's just like, see, that's wild to me because that is that that fight is going to generate so much revenue, and the difference between that. And Ngannou and Lewis too. After the first Ngannou and Lewis fight, mm-hmm. I mean, come on, dude! Like the difference in revenue is—it's is, got to be astronomical. Yeah, and this is like what this is like one of those times where this is like one of those legendary matchups that you just can't pass up on because once you do, uh, somebody's gonna slip on a banana peel or somebody's gonna lose a fight or it's just not gonna line up like this again. And to think John Jones, his first fight coming up to heavyweight, something that he's been talking about his whole career to get that title shot, it was well deserved because you know he was do- very dominant and uh, light heavyweight, even though I think he lost his last one. But he deserves that title fight to to come in yeah. and, and to have it against somebody like Nganu, who is uh you know like this destroyer and somebody who is like you know the favorite against john jones which is it's, it's insane and, and and to think that they they that they tried to make another fight because they didn't want to pay john jones you know the they, they tried yeah. to make the Derek lewis fight but uh in Ghana didn't want to do it and it's just yes yeah, it's just crazy to me that they're they're just like it's like who whose idea was it to 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 want to try to skip over thought, the john jones fight i thought they actually announced that they are doing and Ghana and lewis too that's neat. i, I thought it I thought I saw something about that on MMA World. Yeah, I saw that somebody leaked that it's definitely the fight that they're trying to make, mm-hmm. and then they're going to move past Jones at this point. And so Travis, dumb. I want to see that fight so so fucking bad, dude. Okay, and imagine this scenario, and which is totally possible. Imagine Lewis knocks out Ngannou, and then no the 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 the, the, the well, he, he already beat him, so so chill. He already beat him. Yeah, he, he, he's, he's on he's on the scoreboard. Um, but then that would derail the entire John Jones and Ghanu hype. Nobody would want to see that anymore. Like people would still want to. People would still watch it, but it I wouldn't. Still want to see it. But it wouldn't be as hyped up as it is. It could be right now, like one of the biggest fights in MMA history. Think about that. I think it will be the biggest. I think it'll be. It's. It's like I think it is potentially even bigger than like Habib versus GSP would have been, in my opinion. Like yeah, just because it's heavyweight. Exactly. That's yeah. the. the and and you know and you got to think about uh, DC made this point. It, it's a heavyweight Francis Ngannou who's like a freak of nature. He's not like your everyday man. Like he was uh, talking about how if you looked at Stipe or if you looked at DC himself, 
you be, oh, like you see somebody looking like that walking down the street. So you're not really, you know, that amazed by their physique. But when you look at somebody like Francis Ngannou, who looks like a freaking superhero, it, it's crazy. And same with John Jones with him bulking up and getting super huge like that dude, freak athlete. So, yeah, it just sucks that like, honestly, like I don't have, I have zero faith that that's going to happen next. I think I think they're going to move past it. And then Jones Jones doesn't have to fight. He has enough money, but obviously he's a real fighter and wants to, uh, you know, cement his legacy and finally move up to heavyweight. But I have no idea. John Jones sucks. is John Jones is really irked by uh, the Habib being the goat like uh, talk. Uh, so that's why that's his motivation. But he he's always going to have an asterisk by his name because he you know with those weird tests against DC for. Yeah. Uh, the the cocaine and then the the steroids or whatever or the dick pills and when you look at people like GSP Khabib uh, who are also considered um, in that you know goat conversation never never controversial no uh, weird tests they did it all clean and it's just like that's why I think those guys are above him. I think regardless. That's a fight that absolutely needs to happen, and it's an absolute travesty if it doesn't. And the fact that we're even talking about it not happening, dude. I, I honestly, I don't have a good feeling about it. What if this is what if this is it for John Jones? He goes up to, to heavyweight just to get denied. His whole uh, physique, his body is just completely different. He can't get back down to two hundred five, and he's just in yeah. limbo. So, what if the fight happens? And Nganu just smokes Jones. What then? What do you do with Nganu? And maybe run it back? No, Very no, real no possibility. No. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Nganu beats if Nganu beats Jones, what you do is you just set him up to be the biggest superstar ever. You you just feed him the, the Lewis two fight. Boom, he beats Lewis two. Uh, Blades fights his way back up there. Cyril uh, 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 Gan or. Um, Volkov, one of those who are going to make their way up eventually. So he's just going to do yeah. like once he gets past Jones, if he can get past Jones, the only other real test I see is uh, Volkov because everybody else is either too green or not on that same skill level, which is the same thing. Which I, I'm, uh, you know, I, I'm talking really fast, but it's just yeah. Once he gets past Jones uh, and Volkov, like everybody else is just like just it's just no real threats to Ngannou's game because if you think about before, you could be a threat if you had takedowns but no now he knows how to sprawl he can wrestle so so you you have to you have to get into a firefight with him to to try to take him out and to to, to do that with him he, he's just so dangerous and nobody else is really like that in that division right now yeah that's a terrifying can, human being can he still can he still be the goat with like three losses is that how many he has three yeah because i think so because like mma is way different than boxing like boxing you can go your whole career undefeated like in the MMA, yep. that ain't a thing. But there's certain boxers that um, have kind of transcended past that. Like if you look at Manny Pacquiao, when he got destroyed by um, what's his name, uh, Juan, uh, uh, what's his last name, Marquez, right? Yeah, Juan Manuel Marquez. Yeah, and it was like in their fourth outing or whatever it was, and he just gets knocked out nasty. But you know, he look at him now. He, he's still out there killing it. People still care. He, he's out there, you know, making waves. So um, it, it's not as common. You you have to be like a superstar in boxing to, to people have to, to have people look past your losses, which is so weird because it's like it's it's really hard to to be Floyd Mayweather when it comes to to, to boxing. 
or even just yeah. fighting in general. Because think about it, when, when when we look at how long you know, the sport's been around since the early '90s, for somebody to come in and just do it undefeated, why there's Khabib and who else? I still consider That's... Jones to be undefeated. I don't count the Matt Hamill thing. Okay, for sure. Okay, Jones, Khabib, undefeated yeah, champions, and then look at Izzy just lost. GSP's Usman, lost. Usman has an L. Usman has an L. So There's one. So it's just yeah, it's it's very rare. It's 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 possible, but it's just like good good luck, especially especially in um, this stage of MMA because everybody is just so advanced versus back then. Yeah, so, and that's the that's the crazy thing about MMA compared to boxing is like like I'm pretty sure like Mark Hunt has headlined UFC cards mm-hmm. like the biggest promotion like I'm pretty sure his record's like 500. Oh yeah, it's pretty like good. that's insane. <laughs> yeah, and I think that I think that is one of the things that makes uh, MMA kind of awesome because it's almost exclusively like tough matchups where. A lot of times within boxing, they're going to protect a particular person until they reach a certain level and kind of build them up. In, in MMA, I mean, maybe that happens a little bit, but it's almost always just very, very, very difficult matchups. And like Jamie yeah. said, with the game evolving, it's, it's super entertaining. I think it's awesome. They, they were trying to build up Sean O'Malley that way. Yeah, oh, like, for sure. They, yeah, they, they were trying to build him slow, protect him until he gets – to the higher rankings and then you know you see what happens granted i mean i'm kind of on his side on that not being a loss maybe it's a hot take but yeah dude he, he doesn't want the smoke uh cheeto vera was saying he'd run it back with him and uh sean o'malley's calling everybody out except for him which i think is pretty funny i think yeah, he's angling true. for a dominant cruise fight no um yeah he is uh, no he, he moved past that he, he was calling out uh pedro munoz now because i don't think Cruz is gonna fight oh, him man yeah would you do you take that fight if you're Pedro Munoz? That's yeah. kind of that's kind of dangerous. And Munoz dangerous. is like way higher ranked. Dude, you just train call Chido Vera, but yo, I need to train these calf kicks. Like, what's up? <laughs> <laughs> but that that goes for any of the high ranking guys Sean O'Malley's trying to call out. Because honestly, he does have that length. He does have that striking ability. Like, like he is a dangerous matchup. I like I don't care who you are. Like, he could get you. Yeah, I, I would like to see him. Yeah, because he, like, it, it's been fun watching him beat up these guys on his way up. But I think it, it is time to give him someone like up there in, in uh, the top ten, top five, because he he's proved that he's super skilled. And uh, and I, I'd much rather watch him fight somebody that's more on his skill level versus watching him just kind of walk through these guys. Yeah, just pick somebody apart. Yeah, because I want to see his true skill and see what he can actually bring to the table. Because I don't want it to be like a like a Michael Venom Page situation where he's doing all this weird, flashy stuff, but then he runs into to Douglas Lima and gets KO'd super nasty. Yeah, I think cool, I do think. Go ahead. Oh, sorry. I think a cool fight. I don't know if it would ever happen because they're both out of Arizona, but I think O'Malley versus uh versus Kyler Phillips would be pretty nutty. Oh, that would be exciting. I think yeah, that'd be so sure. exciting. Because they both do a bunch of spinny shit. Like, yeah. But I don't yeah. I don't know if they train together or not. I just know they're both out of Arizona. So who knows? Maybe that wouldn't happen. Yeah. I'm trying to think, where does uh, Sean O'Malley train now? Because I know he used to train out there with uh, uh, John Crouch, but um, out there at the lab. But I'm pretty sure he doesn't train there anymore. 
yeah, I don't know. I, I, I follow him and like have looked into him a little bit on social media. Um, I know he does a lot of BJJ with that guy. He does the podcast with, I I couldn't tell you his name. And I think he just does a lot of his training in-house. I thought I saw that O'Malley actually built an octagon like in his garage. Mm -hmm. It just kind of brings people into his camp to help him out. I think that's how it works. It's, it's almost like, uh, like kind of like Conor McGregor style, like Conor McGregor has his own camp that he brings people to like, and then they train with him. Granted, Conor McGregor goes to a gym to do it, but like, it's kind of that same, I guess, thought process. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like that is the smarter thing to have, uh, you know, your training camp based around you instead of you going to like a big team, like a, a Greg Jackson's or, a, a, you know, a ATT and kind of just training in a group. I, I think it's better when it's just solely focused on you. Yeah. Yo, so, speaking of teams, uh, are there any big team alpha male fighters on the roster right now? Other than Cody Garbrandt? Like uh, as in size or just well-known? Just well, like well-known, like tr- trending. Uh, Andre Feely is like semi-well-known. Oh, I, I, but, I forget. I forget. He, but he, yeah. he he's coming off a couple of L's, I think. Yeah, Dang. there's a, um, he, he just lost, but um, uh, Song Yudong is, uh, you know, still fighting mm. out of there. Um. But yeah, they, they kind of fell off, which definitely sucks. That's, that's what I was thinking. Yeah. I, I used to be like anti-team alpha male because back when they had their big rivalry against Dominic Cruz, I was pro-Dominic Cruz because he's from you know Southern California. So I was like, oh, like screw those NorCal guys. And then slowly I switched sides because I, I slowly became a fan of Uriah Faber. And then I, I loved uh, uh, Danny Garcia and just uh, Chad Mendes was, was definitely fun to watch. But then it's just like, yeah, slow or not. I said Danny Garcia, I meant Danny Castillo. Um, yeah. But then slowly, it, people just started kind of fading, and um, yeah, it's just weird times. Yeah. But th- there's still, you know, still a cool, uh, cool camp. But it's like, yeah, just right now they don't really have anybody that's like super, okay. super notable. When when we did our last podcast, I remember we 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 beefed about that a little bit because because I'm a big Dillashaw guy. Oh, dude. I can't. I can't wait. I I can't wait for him to get his ass kicked in his next fight. Dude, yeah, not, hap- not happening, bro. I think Sanhagen gets it done, dude. Hell no. Sanhagen is gonna make he's he's, he's gonna make uh, T.J. Dillashaw look like an amateur. Nah, dude. Sanhagen, Sanhagen stuck in the mud, bro. Okay. Uh, well, <laughs> I, I totally forgot you're you're a super pro TJ. So you're all you're all about um, him taking that EPO to, to try to get a, a step ahead against oh, the on. the king of cringe. He could not. He couldn't. I, I think that was such a mistake for him to want to cut down to to one twenty five. Like, I agree. I, yeah. I agree. It was just too much on his body because like yeah. if you look at his physique, you know at one thirty five, it's like what what else is he going to cut because he's super jacked super ripped at 35 so to think that he's going to cut 10 pounds is it's insane but so so i mean as long as he tests the positive for the garbrandt fights that's all i care about because i hate cody garbrandt uh I, cody garbrandt made me a tj dillashaw fan i feel like cody's I'm not the biggest fan of Cody Garbrandt. I feel like he's just too fragile at this point. Even though he won his last fight, I just don't think he. I don't think he has what it takes to hang with the top talent at bantamweight. I think if he fought TJ again, TJ would beat him. If he fought, uh, um, if he fought Corey Sanhagen, Sanhagen would mop the floor with Cody Garbrandt. 
and then I don't I don't y'all are y'all are high on Sanhagen. Yeah. Oh, do okay. And if you put Garbrandt versus Peter Yan, Peter Yan, oh, smoke, Peter Yan's smokes yeah. him, and it's just like yeah. So the the one fight that I was hoping that would eventually get made would be uh, Garbrandt versus Sterling, Aljamain Sterling. But to, I'm not even a fan of Aljamain Sterling right now. I'm so pissed at that guy, his antics Dude. and. He's doing, and I get okay. Do your surgery, cool. Uh, you know, get better. But it's like, like you, you, he has the option to relinquish the title, and I get he probably doesn't want to do that because he wants to make that that real championship money in his next fight. But dude, you, you didn't want to win the belt the way that you did it. You took it off. You threw it on the ground. Just vacate the belt. Yeah, and Jan was winning every bit of that fight, especially in the later rounds. Yeah, and I don't know if he just couldn't handle the pressure or if he you know an adrenaline dump or whatever but he looks so yeah. bad after the round one it was and it, it was just all downhill it was all peter yon that fight it was That's weird. the thing go ahead go ahead man uh, I, I was gonna say like uh that's the thing i feel like aljamain sterling just from past fights like i've always been a big aljamain sterling guy uh and i feel like he has the the skill set to potentially win you know mm-hmm. four out of ten matchups with peter yon you know not like he's going to beat him for sure, but I, I think he has a skill set to have a really good shot. But he just he he couldn't he was shaky the whole fight. Like even when he did have his energy, he seemed like he couldn't fucking I don't know. Like he had no base to him. Like I, I don't know. It was, it was just weird to watch that whole fight. Yeah, I actually picked him to beat Jan. I thought he was going to submit him just like he did Sanhagen, and. Yeah, his his approach was really weird. I think he adrenaline dumped, and I think he just wasn't quite ready for that type of a moment, and it affected him in a bad way. I don't know if you remember, but I, I hated that he he kept like spinning and giving Peter Yan his back. I'm like, what are you doing? Yeah, you're getting tripped. Yeah, that was the stupidest thing. Yeah. Even I'm not that bad. Yeah, it was, it was very frustrating. But yeah, so I'm not happy with him as champ right now. Just vacate the belt, like. Just let the division move on. Like, like, what do you do? Because like, who do you give Peter Yan next? Do you, do you give him uh, a Garbrandt, or does he have to wait? Well, how well, long? How long is he out with the surgery? I, I'm pretty sure it was projected for him to be out six months. So okay, so you got to think about it. he's out for six months, but then he has to get back into shape and then train for a fight. So it's, it's probably gonna be like a year. I thought Yan was suspended. For like six months, too. Mm-hmm. I, 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 I don't know. So, I'm not sure about that. Because uh, I think you think oh probably because of the, the illegal knee. Yeah, like I, I'm pretty sure it's like the Nevada State Athletic Commission. Like, like if you get disqualified in a fight, like it's mandatory suspension for a certain amount of time. Well, I if, think if he is suspended like that. Um, I'd say that's even more reason to run it back with Aljamain. I mean, yeah, let them both get long, back. Yeah, for sure. I mean, it sucks because it holds up the division. I don't but... mind them running it back, but I just don't think it's right that Peter Yarn has to wait a whole year. Maybe, I mean, so maybe six months goes by after a suspension and some kind of uh, interim title fight because UFC likes to have interim titles. Mm-hmm. Maybe you run one of those and then – if Peter Yan wins, then he gets Sterling when he comes back. I don't know. It's an awkward scenario. 
Yeah, it's it, it is weird because then you got to think about okay, you got T.J. Dillashaw versus Corey Sanhagen, then they're gonna have to be put on yeah. standby. So that means they'll probably have to take another fight. Which, uh, well, you know. I would I would say the winner of that faces Peter Yan for for interim title, and then once yeah. Sterling gets back, Yan just beats Sterling's ass and he becomes champion again, or whoever wins that mm-hmm. fight. You know, I don't know. I, I like that layout. That 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 would make uh, great sense to keep the division rolling. So I hate that just like one one stupid fight like this could just hold up the the entire division when you can when there's options to to, to keep it going. Especially with a division like bantamweight that's just super ridiculous and just tons of great fighters. Yeah, because if because if you look at um, you know there's a guy Rob Font. He's out there, ranked number three, deserves a fight. I don't know who. You could give Rob Font, uh, Jose Aldo. That's or, what I was gonna say. That that would be a, a good stand-up fight. Imagine those two guys boxing. Ooh, that'd be that'd be insane. I'm down for that. I'd love to see that actually. But I love I, any Jose Aldo matchup. I'm, you know, I'm, I'm kind of curious if he could have done this like a lot earlier in his career, going down to to, to bantamweight. I I think he's just came from a different era where it wouldn't have made a lot of sense, you know? Yeah, because he was so dominant. He was super dominant at Featherweight until he ran into Conor McGregor. That was like, you know, his real blunt. Well, actually, Conor McGregor and, um, sorry, Max Holloway. Yeah. And he's got, like, a lot of miles on him at this point. I I honestly, at first, when he was fighting Jan, I thought he looked great. That, he fight, that fight was legitimately competitive for... Yeah first two round and, and a half, half rounds or so maybe yeah. round and a half yeah because it seemed like round three is where it really started to unravel and i want to say he got finished in round four right but it kind of dragged on a little longer than it should have mm-hmm. yeah like yeah. They, they, they they could have stopped that fight but um yeah i'm curious but before we talk about um the main reason why we're here ufc 261 i, I just want to compliment uh Robert Whitaker on his performance last week, and and if, and if you guys have amazing, yeah, if you guys have anything to say about last weekend's card, but uh, yeah, Robert Whitaker went out there and he was just I, he was just like a step ahead of Kevin uh, Kelvin Gastelum like the whole time. He he just looked super crisp, and you know him uh, landing that that right head kick, and um, you know he he would switch it up, which was nice. He, he would set it up to to the body, to the head, and just kept kept Kelvin uh, guessing, and it was just such a great performance by him. And it's it's crazy to me that somebody who had just lost the title uh, wasn't crying about wanting a rematch or wanting to sit out. He was like, "Nope, I'm gonna get back on the horse and I'm just gonna get at get at it." And he's just been taking out contenders left and right. So, um, yeah, I, I just wanted to say congrats to him because he he he's just he's just shown that he definitely deserves that title fight next, and he's just been amazing since his last loss to the champion. Hundred percent. And it felt like, especially with the Gaslam fight it looked like he watched a ton of tape and just knew what Gaslam was going to do before Gaslam even did it and just had an answer for everything. And um, I don't know if Luke, you were listening to previous episodes, but I had actually picked Gaslam to beat him or did we address that on air, Jamie? Interesting. I don't yeah. I, I well, I'm a, Gaslam's from my city. He's from uh-huh. Yuma and I'm like super partial to him. And I've noticed that he tends to kind of rise the occasion against really good competition, like with, you know, Israel Adesanya, but 
Whitaker just smoked him, man. I don't, there was no point where it felt like Gaslam even had a chance in that fight, honestly. And yeah, I'm a- I, think, I think Izzy versus uh, Whitaker absolutely has to happen next. And I don't, I'm, I mean, I'm not convinced that Whitaker beats him fighting stand, fighting like a stand up oriented fight, but I think it's going to look a lot different than the last one. Yeah, I think uh, I think Whitaker can uh, can can work the clinch a little bit more, take him down a little bit, you know, wear him out, kind of. Um, yeah. But but uh, maybe even some dirty boxing, you know. Um, but but it, it kind of reminded me of um, like the Max Holloway fight earlier this year. Like it was like a defeated <laughs> a defeated champion who just comes out and puts on an incredible form. It wasn't quite like that max performance is probably the greatest performance I've ever seen in a mixed martial arts fight. It was unbelievable, but, uh, it, it, I felt like this, uh, Robert Whitaker moment was kind of similar in, in that vein. Yeah. Cause you, you think yeah. about when he uh, was matched up against Janet or Jared Cannonier, people were like, all right, like this is going to be like one of those like uh, kind of crossroads fights where like, if this crazy contender who's been just knocking people off gets past Whitaker, like Whitaker could be done because he, he didn't look like himself when he fought Izzy. He, you know, he was going through all that personal stuff and just had a really, really bad run leading up to that fight. And to, to see him just kind of, uh, you know, rise to the occasion, defeats Jared Cannonier, and you're kind of like, okay, maybe he still has it in him. And then he just keeps going and going and going all the way up until this last fight. And he just shows, and it's crazy to think because it just shows like that he's still getting better as a mixed martial artist when we already thought he was at the top of his game when he was the champ and you back to back fights with Yoel Romero. And it's just crazy. So I'm, I'm stoked that he's on this run and I would love to see him get that rematch. Cause like, this is like, there's no real debate for anybody else out there. Cause like there was maybe the Marvin Vittori if he lost, but at this point it's, it's unquestionable. There's nobody out there that makes sense. Yeah. And the, the Robert Whitaker that we saw in that fight, I think would just smoke Paul Acosta. Oh yeah. Yeah. I guess a joke, dude. I think it would smoke Paul Acosta. And honestly, when they run it back with Izzy, I wouldn't be surprised to see Whitaker try and shoot potentially a takedown out in the open. I think Jan Blahovich kind of exposed Izzy's takedown defense a little bit. Like Izzy's really good blocking takedowns and stuffing him kind of up against the cage. But Whitaker's, he's a BJJ black belt, man, and can grapple. I, w- I wouldn't be surprised to see him use it. Yeah. Jan does have a lot more weight, though. Yeah, no, that's true. <laughs> Super valid, for sure. True. Well, true for now, because nobody's really taken Izzy down like that before. Maybe Whitaker could take him down, and and maybe that's the key is you just have to get him down because it's because it is a challenge to get in you know get in his range and to to actually succeed with the takedown but what if like that's it you take him down and he has zero wrestling because what he showed against uh uh yan it it like he wasn't even really trying to to get up and that was kind of strange to see him getting just kind of pressed on by and granted yan was a bigger dude but like he it didn't look he was really trying to get out of that position I don't think he could. I think in that specific position, the weight, dis- the like the weight difference is just profound right there. I mean, yeah. you got to think that Jan, yeah, he he weighed in at like two hundred five, but he's going to be putting on weight after, right? Because he has to cut to, to two hundred five. Izzy 
weighed in at like 203 maybe and on looked like he was probably like pushing 215 220 at Mm -hmm. that fight so there's just a huge amount of weight difference right there but imagine whitaker just knocks him out doesn't even wrestle him that'd be fucking he hits him with that 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 head kick i I don't know if i ever see uh adesanya uh losing in in his division Mm -hmm. when i look at middleweight i i I just don't know okay if if i yeah when i think of the middleweights because i'm looking at the the top 10 like whitaker honestly is He's the only real challenge that I see because you go down the list, Paul Acosta, he already beat Marvin Vittori. He already beat Jared Kanier. I don't think he's going to be able to make it to the championship fight. So cross him off. He already beat Brunson. Izzy says Till would be a nice challenge, but I don't think, I don't think Till. I don't see that at all. I'm not big on Till at all. I don't don't understand it. Yeah. Same here. And then past that, it's, it's just, these fights would never even make sense for, uh, Izzy, so it's just like there's no real reason to even talk about it. So it's like, yeah, like if if he can beat Whitaker again, then he could go on his like you know his Anderson Silver run or go on some type of legendary run in the middleweight division. Because it's just it's just hard to to kind of uh, I guess to like recapture us after his last loss because you know that's you know it, it, MMA is a real like what have you done for me lately kind of sport you know so it's just like okay. Well, um, when we look at Izzy, he's in the, the loser column right now. He needs to get back that W and just kind of go back on that train. Because if, if he would have stayed in middleweight and just kind of rode that train till like you know his legendary status, he could have done that like you know no problem if he were would have beaten Whitaker again. But since he went up, lost, there's like this, it's just like a weird mix now. Yeah, I mean, I'm kind of I'm kind of with Luke. I don't think there's anybody. I mean, besides. Uh, besides Whitaker, mm-hmm. right? Um, I don't think there's anyone that stands much of a chance against Izzy. I mean, maybe Vittori, like with the way he showed that he could take people down and kind of hold them down, like with uh with Kevin Holland, but that's way that's a way different challenge taking down Kevin Holland compared to doing something to Israel Adesanya, you know? Yeah. But I think anytime you have that uh grappler striker matchup, like it could go either way, uh, but it, it still heavily favors Izzy in that matchup. Yeah, for sure. I agree. Yeah. Uh, Chris Weidman did an interview earlier this week, and he uh, promises that he's going to become middleweight champion again. And th- uh, that just made me really sad. Cause I was he's like, going to have to get through Uriah Hall, man. Uh, he already beat him before, so he, he'll do it. He's fine. Um, I think Hall's going to win. Yeah. yeah, I think Chris Weidman gets touched near his face and he goes down, man. Oh, he's his yeah. jaw is questionable these days. Yeah, which is sad. But it's, but it, it didn't make me sad to, to see. And obviously, like if you're fighting, you obviously think you're the best and you want to uh, get back to where you were because you got to think Chris Weidman's the reason that, that whole division got shaken up. He he took down Anderson Silva and opened the doors for everybody to to come in and capture that belt. But to to see him kind of fall the way that he has is just. Like there's no way he's gonna get back to the top. There's just there's just too many killers that I don't think uh, he is capable of beating to get to the championship. Yeah, and that's the thing. Like uh, your eye hall is not even like one of those like top tier killers. Uh, but man, I, I I've always said this about your eye hall is like he's probably like the most talented person to ever like not do that great in in, in the UFC. Mm-hmm. I guess like because. Man, when I don't know if y'all watched like his season of The Ultimate Fighter, mm-hmm. oh, yeah. but it was Absolutely. like, like 
not even close he was the best fighter that season and like we've had legends go through the ultimate fighter who were like okay on the ultimate fighter you know like bisping won it but he was like whatever the whole season like hall was dominant like unreal and who did he face in the finale was that kelvin or was that kelvin it was kelvin yeah 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 gaslin beat him but like that that's what i'm saying like your eye hall was so good though but there's just the talent just every time he gets into the real spotlight he just fades i I don't know what it is like yeah just um, back in the day uh mike Pyle. you remember mike Pyle trained out of extreme couture People were talking about how he was the guy who'd be beating up everybody in the gym. But as soon as he got to the UFC, or as soon as he would fight in the UFC, um, he would just, you know, he wouldn't be consistent. He would win, lose, win, lose. But in the gym, he'd be whooping on everybody. And it just didn't make sense that um, he couldn't translate his skills in the gym to the actual cage. And it's just because, you know, those bright lights, the cameras, the pressure everybody's watching. uh, Some people just can't handle it. Yeah, and he's... He's older too. I th- Uriah Hall, he's got to be probably mid thirties at this point, early thirties, right? Yeah. He's had a ton of fights. I think like thirty two ish, maybe. I don't know. I don't know. Oh, let me see. All right, Jeff. What's no, his he's thirty six. Thirty six. He's Jeez. older than me. No shit. Yeah. That's that's wild. And that's Dude, now I feel old. That's past his. Wait, you're older than Uriah Hall? No, I'm not. I'm oh, just like, oh, you scared me. I watched- because I watched his whole career. Yeah, <laughs> I feel I feel old. Yeah, he had moments. You know, he he, he, yeah. he people thought he was the next Anderson Silva. Um, I'm saying, super talented, just didn't put it together. Yeah, but I do think he's gonna catch uh, uh, Chris Weidman with a spinning back kick in the face, a la tough style. Um, yeah, in uh, the third. And yeah, I agree. I think this matchup is like. Not not hand picks. I don't even think Dana White like likes Uriah Hall anymore. But mm-hmm. I think a matchup like this definitely favors his style for sure. Yeah, I, I think Weidman's gonna stick to his kind of. I'm um, going back to his roots and just try to wrestle and not fight like how he used to when he was you know marking fools and submitting yeah. people. So I, I think he's just gonna he's gonna try to wrestle and then um, it's gonna turn to striker versus you know grappler type matchup. That that's how I see this fight going. And I and as much as I, I don't want to pick Uriah, like I just I, I have to pick him just because Chris Weidman's just not who he used to be, you know. And, and it sucks because we saw his failed attempt at going to light heavyweight, where people thought maybe that would suit him better. But then he just got he just got manhandled by uh, Dominic Reyes. Reyes, and it's just yeah, it just wasn't a good look. It, it, it sucked to see him go up and get wrecked, and then to see Luke Rockhold. And you're talking about these were like two of like the top middleweights at the time. You know, trying to make the move up to you know to try to go to a division more suited for them to not cut weight, and then Luke just went up fighting when he was injured, which he shouldn't have done, and just got knocked out nasty. And yeah. um, the Luke Rockhold thing hurt me because uh, uh, Luke Rockhold has always just been so supremely confident in mm-hmm. his abilities, and I've I've just always thought he was like that dude, like like back in the day, you know. Dude, uh, when he but, submitted Michael Bisbing with one arm, I was like, that's a bad yeah. motherfucker. Yeah. But then, dude. dude, but the night Bisbing ran it back, I was screaming <laughs> because I, I was happy. I couldn't believe it. I was I happy for Bisbing. You know, I was happy Happy <laughs> Bisbing finally got the title, but then to see him knock out. This was Luke Rockhold, who was UFC champ, you know, beating, you know, he beat Chris Weidman. It was just like beating everybody. 
and just to see him and and, was, and he definitely didn't take business serious and that was his fault so he got what yeah. he deserved but that night was crazy yeah and he never got a chance to run it back either that i bet you that haunts him it has to. Oh, yeah. uh, well, I, I know. I'm. Uh, I was listening to um, DC and Helwani, and actually, they, they train together at the Ruka Gym out here in, in Costa Mesa, so they, they definitely interact. So, oh, yeah, yeah. So, probably, I, I think they're homies now. Like I saw, uh, not homies, but something on Instagram. Bisbing playing with Luke Rockhold's dog. Mm -hmm. I think like a couple weeks ago. I didn't know they were training together like that though. That's kind of cool. Yeah, I saw they like ran into each other in public and they were like super chill. Like I, I didn't know they were training together either. Yeah, I think Rockhold because I know Rockhold splits time between uh you know training some striking down here at Ruka, then he's still out there um with Henry Hooft out there in Florida. And you gotta think now that Bisping is retired and he's like strictly like commentary and that kind of deal, he's gotta be way less of a dickhead. Right. I mean, you would think yeah. he's not as like confrontational with other fighters and probably a little bit less of an asshole. Dude, I would love to meet Michael Bisbing. That's like one of like my dream like run ins like with like and like <laughs> these MMA celebrities out here. Um, because dude, there's so many famous fighters that train and live down here, but he's like the one where I'm like, damn, I want to cross paths with him so bad. It'd be so I dude. I crossed paths with him. Where you never told me, no that. way. Wait, well, dude, it was at that Kane Velasquez and Ganu fight, right. Bisbing was there. I don't know if he was doing commentary or he's interviewing fighters after. And I'm waiting in line to take a piss. And he's got two security dudes with him. He blows through the line, like in between fights, blows by everybody. And he's like, and it just takes a piss. But he like bumped into me. And I didn't even get a chance to try and like talk to him or do anything like that. But it kind of surprised me. He's like a bigger guy. I'm yeah. I'm like 5'10-ish, five, maybe 5'11. Five and mm. he was... He seemed six. taller and very like a lot thicker than I expected. What is he like six two? Something like that. Yeah. 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 Surprised yeah. Me. So. It, it it surprised me that he would be able to like even make it to middleweight. But historically, he's always been like really good about his cardio and being in shape. Yeah. The thing the thing about Bisping too is now like you were talking about uh like in retirement being a little more um less confrontational, I guess, is like uh he's also like He's gotten into the whole like self-deprecating humor type of oh, yeah. type of vibe. Like like he he'll say like fighters now would like beat the shit out of him when he knows like in his career he would have crushed them or something like. But uh, so yeah, he's definitely like a lot more humble. Just mm -hmm. things like that show it, you know. Yeah, if during uh, during the uh, Whitaker Gaslam fight, Gaslam landed like a a good left hand, and Bisling's like, "Trust me, um, I know that uh, you know." Uh, Gaslam lands, uh, you know, uh, that that left shot is uh, is nasty because that that's what he knocked out Bisbing with out in China. Yeah, Bisbing he referenced yeah. it a couple times. It was, it was interesting. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah, which is good because obviously the, um, it's cool to see like uh, you know him in DC with like no ego out there, just uh, you know being great at what they do now. Yeah, I think the one thing is like I don't know if he'll ever be able to move on with the Dan Henderson thing. Well, uh, like I know he got he got the he got the W he right before he retired. Honestly, I didn't think he won that fight, but like you know it is what it is. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah. But yeah, it was weird to me that that fight even happened. Yeah, like, it was. that fight made no sense to me whatsoever, other than the fact that they had history. But I think it was and, and Henderson knocked him down in that fight. He yeah. landed yeah. a brutal right hand in the very beginning. Yeah, it was almost. 
Yeah, he almost repeated, you know, knocking out Bisbing. But yeah, it, it was a weird situation because yeah. that was, um, you know, Dan Henderson's last fight on his contract. He, you know, openly said that if he won, he was just going to, you know, retire with the belt. And yeah. then I'm pretty sure they mainly did it as a favor to Bisbing because Bisbing's probably like, let yeah. me run it back. I, you know what? I kind of want to rewatch it now because I remember like in the moment watching it, being kind of excited, like, holy shit, Bisbing's rallying. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? And like, I felt like he won kind of based on that and like a momentum shift or whatever. But it, w- it would be interesting to watch it now and not have any like kind of like emotion be involved or like be in the moment and kind of analyze it and and see what it looks like from that perspective. I'm kind of sad that Bisbing lost the belt to like uh, to somebody who wasn't like a real middleweight. If that oh, makes GSP sense. Thing? Yeah. yeah. And I, I love GSP, but I, I would have loved to see Bisbing compete more, uh, you know, against like actual middleweights. Uh because obviously Bisbing took that fight because he knew that he could win. Uh, but you know, but um, Bisbing, uh, to his credit, pieced up uh, George St. Pierre from the bottom. He was hitting him with some nasty elbows. Yeah, yeah, but, he hurt him. Yeah, but it, it just was kind of a bummer to, to see Bisbing lose like that and then have a quick turnaround and get knocked out. And... I Yeah, I mean, I liked his run as champion. And you got to think, he he knew where he was at. I mean, what do you think would have happened if he would have fought a guy like Whitaker? Yeah, like I don't think I think he knows it wouldn't have gone well, but Mm -hmm. I don't know. You can't every single. I just feel like every Bisping fought fight I watched late in his career, I thought he lost. (laughs) Like, like maybe I I was just being negative because I'm a big Bisping fan. Like, Mm -hmm. like uh, season three of the Ultimate Fighter was the first season I ever watched. You know, it's it's part of what got me into MMA in general. Yeah. Um, and, and so I've always been a big Bisping fan and that maybe that's why, cause like, like my favorite football team, I always think we're going to lose, you know, like, mm-hmm. uh, so maybe I was just being negative, but for, I, I always thought he lost all like, <laughs> like Dan Henderson. I, I promise in my opinion, won that fight, but I'm going to watch it again. Yeah. Yeah. We're going to check it out and get back to on that one. What'd you think about his, uh, Bisping versus Anderson Silva? Boring. You didn't like that fight? No, nah, I didn't I, like it at all. At at the time of watching it, I was way more of a Silva fan, mm-hmm. for sure. And, I mean, it's remarkable that after that crazy-ass flying knee that Bisping kind of got up and turned it around, I guess. But, I don't know. I felt like Silva won it. Interesting. Okay. Yeah, I did also feel like Silva won it. But I was also just bored that whole fight for some reason. Damn. It just seemed lackluster to me for like for like both of their skill sets, like Anderson Silva going out on his shield basically like in his last freaking like what eight fights, <laughs> uh, like I was just I was just tired of it. You you know who else was kind of like, kind of like that where on paper the fights look like they're just gonna be just fucking ridiculous, but it ends up being kind of boring a little bit. Nick Diaz. Yeah. Like in the in the Condit fight and the Anderson Silva fight and the George St. Pierre fight, they were all they were all a little boring, man, other than like his yeah. antics. That yeah, I was about to say that Silva fight definitely had some gems in there. <laughs> yeah, I mean it was, was like yeah. funny shit, but yeah. yeah, I think my uh Nick Diaz dreams were shattered when he couldn't beat GSP because I swore up and down when he was dominating in strike force. I was like, just bring him bring him back to the UFC oh, and yeah. he'll he'll be the, the, the uncrowned uh, you know, UFC welterweight champ, like, like GSP's, uh, like 
too much of a sissy to actually fight. He just wants to wrestle. And then when they fought and Nick Diaz just really didn't do anything, I was like, damn it, dude, this sucks. Yeah. And dude, and people, you don't really hear it get brought up much because of what BJ Penn did with like the rest of his career. But Nick Diaz beat the shit out of him. That was sad. To get that GSP fight. And I remember like during that time frame, like it being sort of remarkable because we, we didn't know that BJ Penn at that point was like completely finished. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I, BJ Penn. It's yeah. I, I just, I'm just sad when I think about BJ Penn to, to think about like how great of a person I thought he was and like how great of a fighter, uh, you know, I had like this image of him in my mind and then to see him just kind of keep coming back and coming back and, you know, fighting, just leave Frankie Edgar alone. He he has your number. You're never gonna beat him. Like just leave uh, him alone. And then to see him fight, like uh, uh, he fought Dennis Seaver, and I was just like, what are you doing? Like you were like one of the greatest champions ever. Now you're just like this guy who's you're you're the example that nobody wants to be. You stuck around for too long. You're getting beat up. There's viral videos of you getting knocked out. People accusing you of asking them to have sex with your wife and all this weird stuff and i'm just like i don't want to this is not what i want to hear about bj Penn. i want to hear about the good stuff so it's just like when, when i think it's, about him it's just like like just it's, oh, it's just so sad it's sad to like go back and look at his like look at his record like go to sure dog and like look at his record it's salty depressing salty bro <laughs> Yeah, I didn't even want. I didn't want to talk about his record. Oh my god, <laughs> it's so bad. It, it, it's so bad. Because you say you say, hey, this guy's a legend, you know, and and you're maybe you're talking to like some person new to MMA or something, and you're like, yo, BJ Penn, legend, you know, <laughs> and then they go they go to Sherdog, like they Google BJ Penn Sherdog's the first thing that comes up. They look at his record, like what? Yeah, really? Like, like, is this the same guy that uh, you know I was recommended? I I will say, UFC did him zero favors when they put him up against Yair Rodriguez. That was oh, nasty. Man. He was in those those three sixty uh, switch kick or whatever. Oh, but UFC did Yair, Yair Rodriguez no favors and they put him up against Frankie Edgar. You guys remember that fight? Oh yeah, Frankie Edgar beat the shit out Dude, of him. Dude, he mauled him. He just Holy took him down and just pounded his face in. That was crazy. And I like that fight. What is he still on suspension for his absences or whatever? I have no idea. I I've been followed him. Last I heard that he was like supposed to fight Zabit, wasn't he? <laughs> that was your Jeff. That was a long time ago. He, yeah, because he got him. I'm pretty sure he got in trouble for missing his um his uh USADA check-in things, and he did it like he he missed it like too many times, so they, they suspended him. Oh man, okay, so I'm looking right here. Uh-huh. Jeremy Stevens is his last fight back in October of 2019, where he beat him. All, all shit, the only loss he has in the UFC is to Edgar. What the fuck is that guy doing? He needs he's people think he's he's you know he's taking those Mexican supplements. Uh maybe he is El Pantera. Who knows? But just can you bring up Jeremy Stevens real quick? Uh isn't it crazy that that uh, Dracar Close had to fight the UFC to get his show money? Yeah. Well, okay. So is there a other than Jeremy Stevens like getting like charged up, is there a reason he shoved him like that? 
No, because uh, they have no history. It was just like yeah, because even um people were asking like uh because Jakar Kos was wearing his mask. People asked like, oh, did he say something to Jeremy Stevens? And everybody on stage has come out and said no, he didn't say anything to Jeremy Stevens. That was Jeremy Stevens just being aggro and wanting to you know start some drama. So he just went out of his way to shove this guy who and it's probably because they just got close you know face to face. It's a face off. Yeah. That dude, honestly, knowing that it it seems super bitch made that he did that. And I'm pretty salty that it caught that it ruined the fight, honestly, because that was a fight I was looking forward to Dude, almost co- more than any other fight on the card. That was, that was going to be an awesome co-main event, but and uh, and like you know, there's a, the question: Should Jeremy Stevens get um, you know penalized? Should he be getting get in trouble? Like, and I, in my opinion, it's a gray area. I don't think he should get in trouble, but maybe he should because he ruined the the fight, cost everybody money. But I don't know. Maybe some sort of financial compensation. I don't know. I don't. I don't think Jeremy Stevens has money like that. Though. Yeah, not at all. And I think it's also crazy that he legit hurt that other guy. Like the guy got got a concussion from it, right? Yeah, because it, it was like um, some spinal like issues. God, man. Yeah. That dude. That's something that could like be career altering. Yep. Yeah. That's fucked up. Yeah, because for you to just like you know be like he's probably just super like maybe like a little tense or relaxed up there on stage, and then you just get shoved like that in your neck and your you know your spine torques. Yeah, yeah. it's like he was he wasn't ready for it, and it's almost similar to like if you get in a car accident and you're not ready for it, your body moves in just like a certain way. Like it doesn't take much for that to happen. I don't know. It's kind of whack. Yeah. Yeah. And I haven't heard if they're going to try to uh, redo the matchup or they're just going to move on from it. I don't know. I just wanted it to happen pretty badly. Yeah, pretty, pretty strange. But there's a big pay-per-view this weekend, and I am looking at the just the main card, and I'm just like, I'm so happy because there's... Uh, and normally, okay, like I'm happy, but I'm also still skeptical because whenever there's three title fights it doesn't go well and think about the last pay-per-view we had with three tile fights it wasn't the stellar event that we're still talking about to this day so uh, i'm a little skeptical but i'm just happy that some of the fights on the main card um or actually excuse me all the fights on the main card they all make sense and they all are they're leading to more than just these random matchups that get made sometimes yeah i agree um I think the matchup that I'm probably looking forward to the most is got to be the, the Zhang Wali fight with Rose. I think that fight's going to be absolutely ridiculous. Um, I like that fight. I think Val- Valentina, or are we going to go go through this in order, or should I just start rattling off picks? Uh, yeah, l- 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 let's work our way to the top. L- l- we'll work our way to. Let's give okay. let's give some respect to the champs. Let, let, let's sure, start at sure. um, oh, Anthony Smith and Jimmy Crute. I, I think th- this is a pretty interesting fight because think about uh, Jimmy Crute. He, he's uh, trying to fight his way up to the um, you know to the championship, and uh, this is a, a fresh matchup um, for light heavyweight. And I'm actually pretty stoked on this, and I want to see what Anthony Smith has for this uh, th- th- this like you know. Uh, um, this younger blood in the division to see if he still has the the drive to to get back to the title shot like he says he does uh I, this is something that I, like this is a fight that i'm like really interested in jimmy crude's what 13 and one uh yeah something like that mm-hmm. like really good like yeah, yeah. I, I, uh, I go ahead man sorry i was just gonna say it, it's still like a classic uh grappler striker 
Like, I think they both finished their last fights in the first round. Uh, so, I mean, I'm stoked on it. Who do you guys think is going to win? I think, uh, I think Crute, I think Smith has his hands full. Yeah. I hope Kurt wins, but, but I, I don't know. Like, I feel like lately grappler versus striker matchups are almost always going to the grappler in the last like couple years. I don't know why. Mm-hmm. So, so that kind of worries me, but Anthony Smith's not really much of a wrestler per se. Like it's, he's just, he's a jujitsu guy, you know? And it's those, those wrestlers with good jujitsu that have just been, or, you know, the, the Abraham Lincoln guys, um, you know, friggin' they, uh, they just maul you, you know? So, so I think this is a little different than that. Uh, I think Groot has a good chance. I, I think Anthony Smith mentally has been rattled since that break in at his house. You guys remember that from a, from a while back where the, yeah. the dude who's like cracked out broke into his house and he couldn't even take that random dude out. And he's supposed to be like, you know, top five UFC light heavyweight. So I, I think, you know, obviously his uh, fight back, he uh, lost to Glover, nasty loss. You know, he got his teeth punched out and then lost to that, that a newer guy, um, Rykik, which is, uh, you know, I, I don't give him too much crap for that loss. That guy is nasty. But then his last fight, he won um, against Devin Clark, who isn't top light heavyweight competition. But I think I think um, Anthony Smith is at the point where they're like, all right, cool. Let's try to see if we can build this guy back up to where he was. And I just, yeah, I, I'm just really curious to see how he performs. But I don't think he's going to uh, be able to get past Jimmy Crute, which is uh, kind of a bummer to think about. Yeah, I agree. I think I think age and mileage is going to play a huge factor as well. Yeah, uh, yeah. Smith is like what over fifty fights. Yeah, he's got a lot. Yeah, he's about to he's about to have a salty record if he keeps, you know, on this losing streak if he can't figure it out because you know I feel like, yeah, I, I feel like mentally he's just rocked from that that breaking, which I don't blame him because if I was in that situation, if I'm you know that skilled and I can't even take out this random dude who's coming into my house and screaming and stuff, my wife and kids are in there like. You know Dude. what's crazy about that? The guy, you want, you want to know how that guy got in? Smith left his garage open and his doors unlocked. Yeah. That's fucking insanity, dude. <laughs> yeah, so, he, so dude, he, he probably beats himself up at night over that stuff too. You know? Yeah. Or like, I don't know, man. I think if I, t- totally different topic and, and it's going to derail where we're at. Okay, all right. Let's move on. We, we kind of touched on it earlier. Um, Uriah Hall versus Chris Weidman. It's a pretty interesting matchup. This is like you know, Uriah Hall, Chris Weidman two because uh, they met years ago on the regional circuit. Chris Weidman got the W, which you know, obviously they're they're both completely different fighters today than they were back then. So I'm interested to see how it plays out. I I'm thinking it's going to be another, you know, grappler or striker. I think Hall is going to get away with this W. I like Chris Weidman, but I just think these days, um, his his chin, he's just too fragile. I, I don't think he's going to be able to have the you know dexterity to withstand the kind of strikes that Hall is going to be throwing at him, and it's just going to take that one. When before, you know, Chris Weidman could take some punishment, but it's it's just not like that anymore. I I think Luke Rockhold just horrifically altered. Chris Weidman's career in that fight and that he hasn't been the same since. And I, yeah, I think he's going to be way more susceptible to just getting touched by Uriah Hall and just about 
any kind of way with the weapons Uriah Hall has. And I think he puts them away fairly easy unless he can secure the takedown, which, you know, maybe he does, but I think he's going to have to eat some shots to even close the distance. Yeah, I think, uh, I think pretty much the same thing. I think uh, Luke Rockhold, you know, started Chris Weidman, Weidman's downfall. I think Yoel Romero cemented his downfall. Uh, I think uh, Uriah Hall about to maybe maybe hit him, get him on his takedown again, just like Yoel Romero did. Uh, like I know earlier, I was joking around. I said like via something spinny, but mm-hmm. like you know, I, I I could see it being another Yoel Romero case where Weidman shoots and it's easily read and Hall gets him. But it, it also it's about what Uriah Hall shows up because he's yeah. so inconsistent. One fight, he looks like a world beater. And the next fight, he looks very average. So, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm hoping that uh, it. I hope it's an interesting fight. But yeah, I'm, I'm pulling for Uriah Hall. And you guys both mentioned that Luke Rockhold fight, and it's like, yeah, Chris Wy- Chris Weidman, he threw some spinning shit in that Rockhold fight, which led him to get taken down by Rockhold and just destroyed. So. That's uh, pretty funny that that's how that played out, but yeah, that's pretty whack. Um, I'm I'm not the biggest fan of the next matchup, uh, Jessica Andrade versus Valentina Shevchenko for the women's flyweight belt, um, and it's just like, okay, it's Jessica Andrade, uh, you know, going down to try to you know reinvent herself because obviously she wasn't having um, a, a lot of success, or obviously going up, uh, she wasn't having a, a lot of success because you know she she lost. Uh, to to Rose to the current champ, uh, you know uh, Zhang Weili. So it's just like I'm, I'm not the biggest fan of uh, fighters switching weight classes just because they got a couple losses in like their you know normal weight class. Yeah, I think she's gonna go out there and get smoked by Valentina. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I agree. I don't I don't think it's even really a worthy matchup. Yeah, not not even close. I mean her her biggest chance I guess would be if she could close a distance and like land something ridiculous or like get her hands on her. But <laughs> Valentina, her distance management and her ability to fight like everywhere, as well as her like size compared to Andrade, I think it's just, I think, I think it's the UFC having just run out of anybody that could even fight Valentina yeah, and I, I got to remind you, um, and, and for all the naysayers out there, Valentina, you know, she fought the distance with Amanda Nunes multiple times, uh-huh. so she can take those sure. kinds of punches. So I'm not worried about her uh, getting rocked by Jessica Andrade. No. And then uh, people who are going to argue, oh, just take her down like Jennifer Maya did in their last fight. But it's like you got to remember Valentina Shevchenko was coming off of knee surgery. That was her first fight back, and she kind of came back sooner than people wanted her to. So... Uh, I, I'm not going to put a lot of stock into, you know, oh, just take her down. That's like where you could get her. It's like, no, she was coming off of an injury. That was her first fight back. And uh, yeah, I, th- I feel like Jennifer Maya just kind of got lucky, right time, right place uh, in getting that fight. Because uh, any other day, Chemchenko would just mop the floor with her. Or, I mean, yes, but you could also give Maya a little bit of credit for even being able to get that close, you know. With a, yeah. bu- with a bum knee, any- anybody could get that close. Come on, Jeff. I guess, <laughs> but uh, but yeah. So um, we're all kind of picking the bullet to walk away with yeah, that belt. For sure, I pick her against like any female besides Amanda Nunez. Honestly, yeah, same. 
I I argue that that Shevchenko won the first fight, not the second fight. I think I think at a certain point in her career, she she might um, be able to surpass what Amanda Nunez is. But I feel like Amanda Nunez's uh, camp and everything is so robotic at this point. Like she's just got it down to the T. Mm-hmm. Uh, once Shevchenko gets that to that level, I mean, she she's a world beater. Yeah, I and you know same camp, but I, I look at uh, uh, Amanda Nunes, how she's kind of running through everybody, how uh, Joanna Janjanchek was, right? She was running through everybody until yep. till she ran into Rose, somebody who wasn't afraid of her, who was willing to stand toe to toe and kind of just made her normal and yeah. wrecked her. So uh, I, I think um, that could happen to uh, Amanda Nunes. Um, it could even happen in her next fight because um, you guys saw that they announced her next fight. Who who's she fighting? Uh, she's fighting uh, Juliana Pena. Oh yeah, that's an interesting yeah. matchup. I mean, because if Juliana can take her down, yeah, make make it a dirty fight. You know, who knows? Jeff, I see some skepticism over there. I think Nunez beats the shit out of her. Oh really? Probably. Most I mean, likely. not to sound like a naysayer, but uh-huh. yeah, I mean, she could take her down potentially and cause problems. But Nunez is pretty good on the ground too. Yeah, honestly. she's she's a black belt. Yeah. yeah. But. I, okay, and this is interesting because uh, outside of uh, Megan Anderson, um, who I think was just trying to get a payday, if I'm being honest, uh, nobody else is calling out Amanda Nunes like Juliana Pena was. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know who would who want to. Fighting. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's a weird problem to have in the UFC of all places, but is, is, there, is there even anybody from like a different promotion? That would make sense for Nunez. I mean, aside from maybe running it back with Cyborg or something, but she already smoked Cyborg. Yeah. Like, is there even anybody within that realm? No. In serious talks, skill-wise, who's out there making waves? No, there's nobody else out there right now. That's that's the thing. I actually feel like all the women's champions are in that same position. Like, maybe Zhang Wei Li, uh, she gets past Rose, and then she's in that position. But, like... Uh, I feel like there's not a solid contender for any of them. No, no, and unfortunately not because uh, the I'm not trying to word this correctly. There's not as many uh, talented women fighters out there as there are male, and, and that, that sounds like you know shitty, it's, but it's, it, no, it's still new. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's still new. Exactly. Look at look at a, a couple of years ago, Ronda Rousey, the best women's fighter ever. But you look at yeah. her, her now; she can't even hold a candle to the top ten. Yeah. So no. yeah, so so it, it, the, the the skill gap is closing because now um you know there's more options available as um, more women are getting into the sport. There's more training partners available, and then um, it's just a snowball effect. So give it a couple more years, will those champions now will have more contenders more real contenders to defend those belts against i, I certainly hope so yeah, yeah. That, that's something i've been thinking a lot about over the last several years really is because like you'll see you know like who is that girl who fought amanda nunez last time uh yeah. i can't i can't even megan think anderson or megan anderson yeah what, what was that was it megan anderson mm-hmm. the, the one like a few weeks ago that was megan anderson Okay, yeah, I, I couldn't remember the name. What she had, what was she like, uh, freaking like ten and eight or something like that? And like, <laughs> she's she, she's here fighting Amanda Nunez. Like, it's just land of the slaughter. 
And, and I feel like it's it's been that way for the last few years. You'll have the champion, and then I mean, because people forget about how dominant uh, uh, freaking Jacek, uh, Joanna John Jacek was. And you know, there for a while it looked like she didn't have any. You know, like you were saying, she she didn't have any competitors until Rose came along, and uh, now you're seeing even even Rose Namajunas isn't you know on the level of a lot of these girls now. Yeah. Uh, so it's just going to build. It's going to compound. Okay, so I, it totally slipped my mind, but uh, Misha Tate is back, and. Uh, you know, there's all these interviews that came out that Misha Tate, when she fought Amanda Nunes the first time, she just got her nose reconstructed, and uh, people were advising her against that. So when she got popped in the nose, that's why you know it was all bloody. It was a bloody mess because it was that new nose just got messed up again. So here she is on, on her her comeback. She's trying to get back to where she is, and I'm curious to see how she performs because it's been a long time since we've seen her compete. Obviously, she she went over and was like the vice president of like one. Uh, so I'm not sure how active she's been in the gym, and obviously she's training at Extreme Couture, uh, and I, I'm I'm hoping she's well prepared and can still compete because I was a huge Misha Tate fan, and it, it definitely uh, was rough to see her, uh, you know, lose to uh, Ronda Rousey and their uh, you know trilogies, but then to see her get that that you know th- that last uh, moment against Holly Holm and finally achieve UFC gold that was like amazing to see but to see her just get whooped by Amanda Nunes and then just dip on the sport that just kind of uh, not dip on the sport but uh, stop fighting that that just kind of bummed me out I don't know man yeah she could she could say the thing about her nose being reconstructed or whatever but mm-hmm. I don't think there's a world where she fights now and I mean, maybe she makes it to Amanda Nunez again just because of lack of competition, but I can't, I can't imagine she beats her. Yeah. I can't see that either. Um, like Misha Tate lost to Ronda Rousey twice. <laughs> Ronda yeah. Rousey, Ronda oh, Rousey man. in her prime is nothing compared to any of the champions right now. True. You could put, uh, Zhang Weili would whoop Ronda Rousey so fast. Yeah. We'd have to send Ronda Rousey to Bellator. <laughs> I'm going to switch to my AirPods. My phone's about to die. Okay. So uh, if, if, we, think, if we cut out, uh, we'll just uh, reconnect. But speaking of uh, Rose, Nama Yunus, and Zhang Wei Li fighting for the women's strawweight title, this is. This matchup has me nervous because I'm, I'm fans of both. You know, obviously Zhang Weili, because she's my sister. Shout out to my Asian people out there, all my Asian stand stand up. Um, but obviously, I'm also a huge fan of Rose Namajunas. Uh, been a fan of her since she was on Tough. So to see her be put in this position, I just, I I, I just don't know who to root for because obviously she, when she lost the belt, it was uh, it was this weird situation, right? She should have just done the simple thing and let go of the submission and she wouldn't have got that, uh, you know, slam like that. But then obviously they ran it back and she proved that she could beat uh, Jessica Andrade, but I just don't know what she can bring to the table against Zhang Weili, if I'm being honest. I think it's going to be super competitive and very close. I, I'm, I don't think uh, it's going to be dominant for anybody uh-huh. and I don't know. I'd have to think about it a little bit more. Um, my mind 
is leaning towards like Zhongwei Li for sure. Uh-huh. But I don't know. My heart wouldn't mind seeing Rose pull it off. That'd be pretty spectacular. I like them both though. Same here. I, I, I think it's not one where I'm like picking against another person. I just think it's going to be a really awesome fight. And we need to see too uh, what kind of shape uh, uh, Zhang is going to come in, especially with the damage that she took in the Joanna fight. And with like the time off and stuff like that, it's going to be kind of interesting because her training conditions were pretty weird because of COVID, right? Mm-hmm. Can Luke hear us? Luke, are, are you? Yeah. Can Can y'all hear me? Yeah. Yeah, we got okay. you, man. All right. Sweet. Um. Yeah, I got I got Zhang. Uh, I I'm. Uh, y'all are obviously big Rose Nama Yunus fans. I'm actually not. Uh. Uh, I think she's all right. I think she, uh, I think she caught uh, Joanna at the right time in her career. Mm-hmm. Um, and then uh, to me, she was a paper champ, but yeah. Shit. We'll see. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm just, looking forward to it. I, I, she just, did look good in her last fight. I can't remember the name of the person she, she fought last time. She fought Jessica Andrade. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I thought so. Uh, I wasn't, I wasn't hundred percent sure. I didn't want to say it, um, but uh she did look good. Uh, she didn't look great, in my opinion. Um, I think Zhang. Uh, I think Zhang gets her out of there, like uh, with a finish. I, I, I'm just curious about uh, Rose Namiusa's uh, durability, how she'll hold up. Because I, I felt like she was a little, like a little apprehensive in the Andrade fight to get caught, because you know she'd already been knocked out, obviously not by a punch, but by a slam, but. Obviously, she wanted. It seemed like she was playing it a little more safe than she, uh, you know, had been before that. So, uh, I'm curious to see how this thing plays out. It, it's it's going to be a fun fight. I, I agree with you, Jeff, that it's uh, not going to be, I mean, super dominant for either fighter. That it's just going to be really competitive. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. And all right, so now we're here at the main event, and I'm I'm not happy with the matchup. Uh, you know, Kamara Usman versus Jorge Masvidal two. Uh, obviously, Masvidal did zero work to deserve this title fight. This is he lost his last fight. He lost to the champ, and then here he is now. He gets that same matchup again. Um, in my opinion, he I don't think he deserves it. Uh, the only reason why he got it is because Usman called him out. Uh, but it it's you know it's gonna happen. But in, in my opinion, when I look at this fight, uh, you know, even though Jorge Masvidal you know running with the narrative, yeah, he had six days to train. That guy's a gym rat. He's always training. So even with a full, you know, quote unquote full camp, I, I still think it, it plays out the same. I, I think Kamara Usman just out wrestles him and uses the same game plan. Cause like, why is he going to go out there and try to implement something different when he knows he can just, you know, kind of follow the same route to victory against Jorge Masvidal, unless he wants to try to prove a point and risk it all and try to knock out Jorge. But I don't think he's going to do that. He did take heat for it kind of after the last fight, just staying in the clinch so much like, it, you know, a lot of fans, you know, want to say it was a boring fight or whatever, but mm-hmm. hey, sometimes you got to fight how you got to fight. And there were there were several times in that fight where Jorge had a chance to kind of uh, do some damage to him. Uh, I think he had him hurt a couple times, um, if I remember correctly. Uh, but I, I, yeah, I don't see it going any differently. I, I don't think the fight should have been booked. Uh, I hate the guy, but but I think the only person who even has a chance against Usman in the division is Kobe Covington. 
Um, and that is what it is. So I don't think with the last fight, it was so much of like a training camp issue. I think it was just the weight cut and how quickly the fight came to fruition because it's I think it was what, like seven, six days or something like that. And Maslow had to lose like 20 something pounds. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, I think so. I want Maslow to win, right? Like for sure. I absolutely want Maslow to win. And okay. I like Usman. I just, I'm partial to Maslow a lot more. And I think I agree with you guys that if I like had a gun to my head and had to bet like a million bucks, you pick Kamaru Usman, like it's a, that's a really safe pick. I don't think it's going to be as dominant or as boring as it won last, as it was last time. Um, I think Masvidal, he's going to be way more explosive because he doesn't have such a ridiculous weight cut. And I think Usman is going to go out there and try and prove a point. So I, I, I like the, the fight. Hope. I like the fight. Uh, Masvidal, I mean, other than Usman picking him, like, just did nothing. Obviously, he doesn't necessarily deserve it, but I'm here for it. I fuck with it. Yeah, the one thing I can appreciate is that Usman is an active champion, which oh we, yeah, yeah, which we don't get uh, you know that often because a lot of times people Absolutely. people will get the belt, get that new money, and switch up and act different. And with Usman, he's just like, nope, got the belt, and he's staying the same. He wants to stay busy. He wants to you know cement himself as one of the you know best UFC champions ever. And you know he's on that path. And for him to have won the belt and to have you know defended the title three times already, like mm-hmm. it, it's great to see. What, when was yeah. the Gilbert Burns fight that was in February? Mm, like yeah, two months ago. Yeah, like, yeah, that's that's pretty great. Yeah, and don't you think? In my mind, I'm like, okay, if you're an active champion and you're able to fight, wouldn't you want to just keep fighting to keep making more money instead of yeah, sitting around right. trying to negotiate for more money? Just go and, out there and earn it. So something else that's cool about Usman doing this is he got hurt in that Burns fight, like for sure. Yeah, he got rocked. He absolutely got rocked. And I think he just thinks so little of Masvidal that he doesn't even feel like he needs a full camp or like any any type of recovery. God, imagine that's his downfall. Imagine he gets knocked out faster than Ben Askren. No, no. But I think that would be more a case of getting Luke Rock holded. Yeah. Like Michael Bisping. Just not taking him serious. Yeah, not respecting your opponent. So, and and Kamaru, he talks that way. He talks. Uh, th- that's the thing about Kamaru Usman is he talks like everybody he's fighting is like nowhere near his level. Mm-hmm. But I, I do think he's extremely well prepared, and I do think at the end of the day, when it comes to his preparation, he he respects his opponents, no matter what he says yeah, or how he sure. acts. So, to elaborate a little bit more on Masvidal and like his explosiveness and the weight cut and whatever. I think if Masvidal is going to pull it off, particularly on the feet, it's going to look more like what he did against Darren Till, right? Like he went in on Darren Till with something really like unorthodox and kind of explosive and just Till obviously didn't see it coming. Maybe he, maybe he game planned for this fight after having already fought Usman and he's got something like that up his sleeve, who knows, but Usman's really good at nullifying offense and like just making them fight at his pace so i don't know should be i think it's gonna be more interesting than the last fight oh then their last fight not yeah 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 yeah. yeah. it's gonna be more interesting than 
Usman versus Masvidal one. Okay. Yeah. I'm, I'm definitely looking forward to it. Like I said, uh, I'm happy that we're able to get this crazy main card, all great fights top to bottom. And I'm just crossing my fingers, hoping that they all deliver. Yep. Very rare for a three title fight card. Okay. I will say one last thing. Mm -hmm. I would much rather Usman fight Covington than Masvidal fight Covington. I think Usman just, I mean, it was really competitive last time. And to piggyback kind of off what Luke said, if there's anybody in the division who has like a really live, like legit chance, Colby Covington, I think that would be a much better fight than Covington-Masvidal. I think Covington would just walk through Masvidal. Yeah, for sure. I don't appreciate I the the Michael Chiesa, uh, you know, dissing oh. that's going on right now. We're not dissing Chiesa. He he has the best chance to beat Usman. He's the dark horse. That better I'm, than Kobe Covington. He Luke, did you listen to the episode where I bet Jeff a hundred dollars that Chiesa beats Covington? I did. I did. Dude, there's I, you know, I because I, I told you I messaged you on Instagram when I when I heard that and I and I told you I I'll take that bet too. And I got There's scared. No way. I, oh. I, I got scared when Luke messaged me. I didn't. I, I didn't respond because I was like, "Do I want to pony up two hundred dollars for Kiesa?" <laughs> Dude, I forgot about that. I st- I stand by that too. I like so I like Kiesa and I dislike Covington for sure. Mm-hmm. But I think Covington has a pretty gnarly skill set. I just wish that guy would fight somebody, man. Who Covington? Who? Yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. Covington, because sure. obviously he's like you know doing interviews here and there, and obviously it was like a, a money thing. That's why he didn't get you know the fight against Masvidal or Usman. But it's like, dude, just don't don't throw away like this your time because like he's like in his prime. Because the thing about this is the best yeah. Colby's ever been, and that window is constantly closing. So the, the the longer he sits out, the less time he's gonna have it being great. If that makes sense. Yeah, and and dude, not only that, like. Trump's not even the president. His stupid fucking shtick, like, pretty much got eliminated, right? So yeah. he has to fight people to become more known as a good fighter, which he is. Yeah, or he's I mean, said, he's still doing the shtick. It's just kind of toned down a little bit. He's he's yeah. he's waiting till twenty twenty four. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Last thing before we wrap up, I, I just want to hear your guys' opinion since we've had a, a couple cards to see um, the Venom fight kits. Uh, what are your guys' thoughts on those? I'm indifferent. I think they're whatever. I think they're ugly. Okay. Yeah, I, I swore up and down that they were gonna, uh, you know, get me excited and want to buy a Venom fight kit. Because I'm not gonna lie, um, total transparency. When the Reebok fight kits came out, I went to go buy one, but the one fighter that I wanted, he got in controversy with Reebok, so they canceled his fight kit. Um, and I'm thinking about Brandon Schaub because at the time that was like, you know, when I started listening to Fighter and the Kid and all that. So I went to go buy his because I'm, you know, I'm still a fan of Brandon Schaub. But back then when uh, he called them out and was talking about, you know, the pay issue, they canceled his fight kit and it was, wasn't, you weren't able to order it. So I'm like, all right, screw this. I, I don't want to support them anyway. So I never bought one. And then they announced the Venom ones and then those leaked pictures came out of, uh, Brian Ortega and whoever else was on the roof. I'm like, yeah, these things don't look that cool. And now they have more options in the UFC store, like customizable ones. And now they're actually selling the fighter branded ones. And I was like, yeah, those aren't cool enough for me to want to buy those. Like I'll wear a football jersey. I'll wear a hockey jersey because I think those are awesome. But when I look at those fight kits, I'm like, yeah, those are kind of corny. 
Yeah, I don't yeah. think there's ever a world in which I would buy one of those and wear it. Mm, absolutely not. I, I think like, like I, I like the Reebok ones. I was very like whatever. I don't hate it. I don't love it. Mm-hmm. It exists. Uh, but the Venom ones, they're they're just flat out ugly in my opinion. <laughs> yeah. Like, and I think. Uh, oh, go ahead. I, I was just gonna say, and like on that note it's like if if you're gonna not let fighters do what they used to do and have their own sponsors on their on their uh, outfits and stuff you know like at least let it fucking look cool you know i don't know maybe that's just me yeah no i agree i think with reebok the ufc one of the main reasons they went into it is because they can align themselves with like a huge brand and it can bring more of a sense of legit, like legitimacy to the sport rather than it being like fights. It's more of like a sport, right? Like it could put them more into the mainstream. I don't think Venom does that at all. And I, other than like them trying to make like a different looking fight kit, I'm just not sure that that even benefits the fighters at all. I know Venom pays like a little bit more, I guess, yeah. but I think structure. fighters should be able to get their own sponsorships hundred percent. Yeah. Well, they're able to get their own sponsorships out like outside of the UFC, but they can't you know, market it like how they used to. Yeah. And yeah. the way that the way they used to do it is one of the things I thought was cool about the UFC, honestly. Now, does that make it more palatable as a professional sport? Not necessarily, but I don't know. I like it. Yeah, well, when I look at the other leagues like Bellator, uh, PFL, one, like I don't, I don't think any less of them because fighters have sponsors on their shorts, you know? Yeah, no, I th- in fact, I think more of them. They're getting paid more. Dude, when yeah. when Mighty Mouse used to be only sponsored by Xbox, when he, when he would come out with the Xbox, just the Xbox logo on his shorts, I'm like, dude, that's that's cool because you got to think about Mighty Mouse. He's up there in the Pacific Northwest. You know, he hit up one of the biggest companies from out there and they were down to, you know, to follow his vision and su- support him and sponsor him. I'm like, dude, think about like other fighters that could get those opportunities and make way more than what Venom or what Reebok would be paying. It's, it's pretty whack. And and that even led into, you know, more avenues for him. Like he, he started streaming and, and doing all that stuff with like Xbox. And now look at you have a lot of fighters now who like stream video games. Yeah, true. And I think that I think that I I don't want to I never want to say like somebody started something because like you never actually know who who actually did. But Mm -hmm. uh, DJ is like the first one I remember who was like making secondary income from streaming video games on Twitch and using their their MMA celebrity and their sponsorships that way. Yeah, that's the first person I think of. And then Mm -hmm. that's the, the first I remember doing it. And then I think of like Max Holloway. Yeah. yeah, Robert Whitaker. I think Robert Whitaker streams too. No. Yeah, yeah. He, he does. He's a huge gamer. So, but it's crazy. So one of my, one of my fonder, I guess, memories of MMA from like the old sponsorship era, is the amount of like joy and surprise I experienced seeing Joe Lozon rock Deathwish Incorporated as like a sponsor on a shorts. I don't know if any of you guys remember that. Mm-hmm. Um, Death Wish was sponsoring MMA fighters. Um, Jamie Josta through like freaking hate wear was like sponsoring fighters. Yeah. And stuff. I thought that was like 
two things that I love just intersecting and I wasn't expecting it. And it sucks that the opportunity for that doesn't really, doesn't happen anymore, you know? Yeah. yeah. And it's I, like Jamie and I were talking. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Oh, sorry. I, I, I was going to briefly mention, remember when Andrea Arlovsky used to walk out to Ice Pick? Yes, dude. dude. Absolutely. Dude, but last time, I don't know if we were talking about this uh, on air or, or off air, uh, but we were talking about how Dan Hardy has the blood for blood tattoo mm -hmm. and like uh, Keith, Keith Peterson has the blood for blood hand tattoo and uh and even was in a band named losers sometimes win that that stuff is so wild to me yeah yeah and i'm um, yeah jeff i i don't know if i, cause I, I know I, I told luke this because we, we talked about blood for blood but when yeah. i saw Blo uh dan hardy with those those skull yeah, that very <laughs> tattoo th those skull tattoos on oh, dude i got it too oh now i feel left out i got to get one. Oh, dude what did you say <laughs> what, Wait, what did you oh man mine says uh my kind belong nowhere but i almost I swear to god was so close to getting bitter twisted motherfucker on it dude but i did it i bitched out that would have been hard <laughs> that's awesome i, I now oh, yeah. I, I need to get a blood for blood for blood tattoos so i can fit in with you guys on your shin on my shin yeah. right. okay my shins are covered but I'll, I'll i'll get it somewhere else so uh go ahead you were gonna say something oh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah um when I saw Dan Hardy with those uh, with the blood for blood skull tattoos on his legs, I was always kind of uh, curious. I'm like, I wonder if that actually is blood for blood tattoos. Um, and it wasn't until I saw That's blood cool. for blood. Yeah, it wasn't until I saw blood for blood at the glass house and Dan Hardy was on stage for their set, just just standing there watching. And I was like, I'm like, oh, shit, that that those tattoos are for blood for blood because there he is right there that that, uh, you know, it's it. He's he's a hardcore dude. That's crazy. He jumped on and did vocals, didn't he? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's fucking that's, cool, man. That's so dope. Yeah, small world, but it, but it, but, it, but it's cool when they're when we see like you know representation of like you know our subculture and something as big as MMA. Yeah, hundred percent. I mean, you got to think, man. Both of them are at the core kind of rooted in aggression. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? True. So there's obvious parallels to me, you know, in my mind. And there's probably, dude, there's probably a lot of fighters that are like low-key into that sort of thing that you probably wouldn't even know about it you know oh, dude so a random one that i know listens to hardcore is gabe rudiger remember him mm -hmm. from the ultimate fighter got kicked off for missing weight and he's like bj penn was clowning him being he's like kind of a baby or whatever yeah i guess that dude fucking loves hardcore music hmm. have you khalil roundtree yeah, yeah. He, he's a he, homie he bands dude yeah yeah, I, I saw him wearing like a purgatory shirt. I think recently. Yeah, that's that's pretty rad. Yeah, he he him and then um, uh, obviously uh, our homie who who's always calling out Miley Cyrus. <laughs> He's walking out to her her, her music. Uh, and, yeah. Which, Wait, he has a hardcore affiliation? Yeah, I'm. Mean, oh well, he's a, he's an actual hardcore dude himself. But um, uh, his brother is the singer of Spine. Really, yeah. I have no idea. Mm -hmm. Dude, you know something else else that's like super interesting to me? We'll go back to Roundtree. Is he moshes like still? I would be terrified. Look, yeah. I like isn't that incredible? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's insane. Crazy. But super nice guy. I definitely appreciate Khalil Roundtree. I hope. Um I I don't know if we'll see him back in the octagon again, but uh, I just hope he I hope so. Yeah, I, I told yeah. whatever he does, he um, you know, it's what he wants, you know. 
But yeah, well, this has seriously been awesome uh, talking about, uh, you know, MMA leading up to UFC 261. Uh, before we sign off, oh, and also thank you, Luke, for joining us. I, you know, I, I meant it when I said I wanted to have you on the podcast. So I'm happy that um, we finally were able to you know, get you on to, to do one with us. But before we go, Jeff, Luke, is there anything else you guys want to say? Yeah, it's not really related to MMA. I just want to give a big fuck you to Derek Chauvin and his bitch ass lawyer. And hopefully actual justice is served with the sentencing. Hell yeah. Uh, for me, uh, just thanks for having me. You know, I'm down to come back anytime. So just let me know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. And we, we appreciate you because, uh, you know, Jeff and I are out here on the West Coast, Luke, you're on the East Coast. So we definitely appreciate you staying up late to do the podcast with us. Oh, yeah. Thanks, man. Oh, uh, dude, I'm I, I literally I'm off work for like two weeks right now. So I'm, all right, I'm chilling. Hell yeah. I'm staying up late playing Assassin's Creed. And all right. Well, that's it. Well, seriously, thank you guys again. This definitely means a lot to me. I'm glad we, we were able to do this. I think this is um, off the top of my head. This is uh, our 16th MMA episode. So we're, we're staying strong. Our, our sweet 16. They, right. they thought that they were going to stop us, but we're unstoppable. Oh, Hey, really quick. One last thing. If you're listening, Conrad, happy birthday. Yes. Happy birthday, Conrad. Okay, thank you guys again. This has been awesome. We love talking MMA, and we'll be back soon.